What's up, guys? This is PC, and this is your backstage pass to the Green Room Podcast Series. What's up, guys? This is PC. You're listening to the Green Room Podcast Series, and our guest today is a fifth-grade teacher from Kate Waller-Barrett Elementary School in Stafford, Virginia, Mr. Dan Riker. Dan, what's happening, buddy? Nothing much, PC. It's so great to join you uh, today on the podcast. Man, I'm, I'm excited to get to have you on here. I had the opportunity to visit your school here within the last year and actually got to come into your classroom and I was like, oh my gosh, like this is the perfect person <laughs> to have on the podcast one day. So I'm super excited this opportunity has come about. And so let's share a little bit with the listeners about your history and your experience in education and how did you get to this point in your career and how did you know that you wanted to be a teacher? Alrighty. Well, so it kind of starts the whole way back in elementary school. So uh, school used to be really tough for me, um, specifically in elementary school. I was um, pulled for uh, speech therapy classes. Um, I was pulled because I really had trouble with reading comprehension. And I really just kind of felt defeated uh, time after time. I wanted to be in those top groups that other kids were in, and I didn't really feel a connection. Um, So elementary school was really, really difficult. But then high school comes along, and because I grew up in such a small town, uh, my high school was grades 7 to 12. Um, So I had this chorus teacher from 7th through 12th grade every single year. And he just really started to create a relationship with me. Um, and most specifically, he had me try out for a musical. It was the Music Man. And I was just kind of like a backup, you know, uh, actor, I guess you could say. I was just kind of, you know, in the crowd. But then one night, you know, probably about five um, nights before the actual production, he needed someone to stand up on stage on his chair and stop this huge brawl that was happening in the gym of the, the, you know, during the play of the music band. So he's like, hey, Danny, go ahead and get up on this chair and um, just scream at the top of your lungs, stop. Now, at the time, I was the most shy kid um, for a couple of reasons, Um, especially in elementary school because of my speech. But then also, you know, because school was so tough, I just kind of, um, you kind of retreated into my shell, so to speak. So me getting up on that chair was something that was just unbelievable. So I get up. And I say, stop. And he's like, no, I need you. Come on, man. I need you to do this. I need you to say it a little louder for me. So I get back up on that chair and I say, stop again. And now some kids start cheering me on. And, and you know, mind you, there were probably 80 kids on stage. It's a full cast. It's this huge scene. And eventually he's like, just get up there, scream at the top of your lungs. So at the top of my lungs, I scream, stop. And the whole cast starts cheering me on. And, you know, it was really that moment in time that really changed my life and really convinced me that I wanted to be a teacher because Mr. Nesta, that teacher, my chorus teacher, he changed my life. And I had the honor to invite him back a couple of years ago to kind of our send off graduation ceremony for our kids and uh, to thank him for that. And he didn't even realize that that moment was so monumental for me. So, you know, that kind of taught me that every single moment matters um, as teachers. Um, and we may not even know the moments that are so impactful to us. So after that, I went on to, um, a a state school in uh, Pennsylvania. It was known as Indiana University of Pennsylvania. I got my degree in elementary ed. Um, I student taught in inner city Pittsburgh. I really loved that experience. 
And then one Sunday morning, a week after I graduated, my principal, Kim Austin at Kate Waller Barrett, called me up. It was a Sunday at 8. I just graduated. And she's like, hey, do you want to come down for a job interview? So the rest is kind of history from that point forward. Um, and, and I'm still there today, teaching fifth grade, um, enjoying every single moment. There you go, man. What a great story. And it doesn't get any better than working for Kim Austin. She is phenomenal. She's, she's amazing. And, you know, all of my success can be attributed to, you know, her incredible culture that she's created at our school and just um, the wish for us to do whatever is best for kids. Um, it, it, she's just amazing. 100%, man. And so, like I said, I've been to your classroom and then I follow you on social media accounts as well. And like, I just love every time you post, I'm just like, oh my gosh, like what's <laughs> going on right now? You know, like, sure. what are you going to do next? You do so many amazing things. Did this come natural to you or was it a struggle when you first started to become this teacher that you are today? Well, you know, I guess I would say my first year of teaching, I always say, I look back on that year and I'm like, oh my goodness, that was a big old mess. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, um, you know, I've had a couple of, of great mentors along the way and I've, and I've had some inspiration from the Ron Clark Academy down in Georgia. Yep. Um, so that's actually kind of, you know, where it all started. You know, I wouldn't say teaching came naturally to me. I, I, I think it's something that I have to work to get better at every single day. Um, but it is my calling in life. And I really believe that everybody has that. And as soon as you find it, um, it doesn't even feel like you're working. Um, you, you know, it doesn't even feel like a job in many ways. It's just an incredibly magical, um, thing that I get to go to every single day and, um, have so much fun with. Yeah. Yeah. And you said something really powerful right there about how you're still striving to get better every single day. So even though, as great of a teacher as you are, you're still working to improve. Talk about some of the things that you do. What helps you to become a better teacher? Well, the first thing that helps me to become a better teacher would be my kids. Um, I listen to them. Um, I, I watch. I, I observe them. I, I really take their feedback, and I let them guide me um, through my journey as a teacher. Uh, because when I listen to them and I tap into their interests and I find the things that they absolutely love, then they really stretch me to grow and become a great teacher. Um, but I also love Twitter. Um, that's an amazing source um, that I get to reach out to all of these educators all over the globe and learn so many things from them. And then I also love to read. But the one thing I, I guess I would say, the one thing that I do to get better every single day is I question. I question myself. Um, after a lesson, I reflect I'm like, what went well with this? What didn't go well? If I'm not reaching a certain kid, I, I just ask myself, how can I get to them better? So I'm, I'm constantly just, um, you know, questioning myself. And, you know, because I've had great mentors over the years, I've really just been able to watch them um, kind of in their natural habitat. And um, it, it's helped me to become better. That's awesome, buddy. And so as a result of all these great things that you're doing, you were recently named the Virginia Region 3 Teacher of the Year. And so congratulations on that. Oh, thank very, you so much. Thank very you. Very well deserved. Talk about that experience and what that means to you. Yeah, you know, I've had a lot of people over the last couple of months talk to me about that. And, and you know, they're like, oh, my gosh, that must be such an incredible honor. But honestly, when you're living your calling and, and you're living your dream, um, you know, you really don't need those awards and accolades. It is an incredible honor. And I think... The one thing that I love the most about it is um, 
it's kind of validation for what we're doing at Barrett, what I'm doing in my classroom, you know, focusing on the relationships with kids, making them feel that they matter, making them feel just on top of the world. Um, and I just feel like that award was validation for what we're doing. Um, so that that's kind of been um, my reflection with that. But the thing is, I'm living my dream every single day. You know, ever since Mr. Nesta had me stand up on that chair um, and scream at the top of my lungs, I'm just living the dream. So the awards are really nice. But at the end of the day, I'm still in the classroom, having fun and just loving every second of it. Very cool, buddy. Very cool, man. And so my experience is almost extensively at the high school level. And sometimes, sure. or a lot of times, really, truth be told, there's a tendency for teachers in the upper levels, they're going to blame the academic deficiencies for their students on the teachers that they had in elementary yeah. school or in middle school. Sure, and, sure. And it's not always academic. Sometimes it's even behavior, right? Like, well, Absolutely. Um, classroom management and, and all that good stuff. So your opinion, how vital is academic success to our young students with regard to preparing them for success, you know, in their experiences they're going to have at the middle school and the high school levels? Well, you know, I really think it's huge. I've actually talked to a lot of um, my colleagues at school about that because I really believe that kids make up their mind about school, about learning um, in the elementary grades. And that can start with whether, you know, whether it's something such as reading, um, whether they love reading, whether they how they their belief in themselves about their, you know, their mathematical ability. I really think kids make up their mind about um, their academic success and, and their academic abilities in elementary school. So I really, at the end of the day, it really comes back to those relationships and our kids, you know, crave that sense of belonging. They need that place to call home and they want to be a part of something greater than themselves. And a lot of times when my middle schoolers come back, um, and talk to me, um, and, and visit Barrett, one of the things that they say that they really miss is that sense of belonging. You know, because they, they were used to being in a classroom all day long with the same kids, with the same teacher. And now they're in the middle school and they're going from class to class. So they're still searching for that family, that sense of belonging um, that they had in elementary school. And I think that overall contributes to their academic success. So, you know, every single grade complements every other grade. Yep. Um, and we're really all in this together, you know. For sure, man. And so one of the biggest challenges with teaching, you've got 25 kids, you've got 25 fifth graders in your sure. classroom. And some of those kids are extremely bright. Some of them sure. are in the middle. Some of them struggle a little bit when it comes to grasping new concepts. And Absolutely. I think for people that aren't teachers, it's hard for them to really understand that the struggle with teaching is if I'm teaching to those kids that are really bright, then the one, the other ones are going to have trouble keeping up, and then vice versa, right? If totally. I'm addressing that the the lower group that has struggled grasping a concept, then my sure. upper kids are getting bored. How do you address that? Like, what do you do as a teacher to make sure I'm addressing yeah. all twenty five of those kids? Well, the first thing that I do, you know, the first couple of weeks of school, we just get to know each other. And we call ourselves Room 21 Rockstar Family because it begins with the relationships. So basically my goal at the beginning of the year is I have to make learning kind of cool, you know, and I have to make it the thing that, you know, every kid in the classroom wants to do, wants to be a part of, and wants to get better at. So the first thing that we do is we create that trust, we create those relationships, those deep bonds, and kind of that buy-in to this, you know, being in it all together. Because as soon as I can make learning cool, then I can actually present concepts to kids at such a high level 
um, that they don't even realize in, in many ways what they're doing. And it's not that I'm tricking them or manipulating or anything. I'm, you know, they just kind of buy into the fact that, you know, learning is what we make it happen, what we want to do in class. Now, in terms of, you know, like the differentiation, yeah, because kids are all over the board in terms of um, their different levels and their abilities. Um, we use a lot of technology, a lot of blended learning online and a lot of Google Classroom. That way I can kind of give assignments um, tailored to each student at their level um, and kind of give them that entry point um, so that they all have that feeling of success and that they all are, you know, all of their needs are met in the end. Very cool, man. Yeah. Technology can play a huge role in that. And then for me, like, just like you said, you hit it spot on, man. It all goes back to those relationships, right? They have yes. to know that you love them. Absolutely. They need to love each other too. They know? do. And if you can break down those barriers, I think that's a common ingredient of what great teachers do in their classroom every day. Totally. I stepped foot into your classroom and I was just like blown away, man, because I automatically I felt welcomed. <laughs> I was excited. And like, and I'm not even a student, sure. right? Like I'm, I'm a 40 year old guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, oh, my gosh, this is so cool. <laughs> How do you create that atmosphere in your classroom? And then talk about some of the cool things that you guys that you do with your kids every single year. Well, the first thing that I do is I always create a yearly theme. So years ago, you know, because of my experiences in school, I knew I wanted to create a place where kids could kind of have a home away from home. So as I said before, you know, we call ourselves the Room 21 Rockstar family. And the first thing that I have when you walk in and you turn right, you see this huge wall of photos, um, photographs from all um, seven years of my teaching. And, you know, it just kind of binds everybody together. But then secondly, we have something called our class creed. And it's something that we recite. It's kind of like a call and response type deal in the morning. We recite it back and forth every single day. You know, and it's who we believe in. It's what we stand for. So I'm already from the very first days of school, you know, showing my kids that they have a voice in this classroom and that they have a place to belong. It doesn't matter what's going on at home. They know they can come to room 21 every single day and feel loved. So this year, our theme um, was um, modeled after after the Incredibles. Um, I watched the second movie this last June and I was like, oh, my gosh, I need to do something with my classroom. So I created these, you know, eight things that make an incredible Room 21 rock star. And so our first couple weeks of school, we were playing games. We were having so much fun getting to know one another. Um, the second thing that I do is I write a lot of songs, but I, I just change the lyrics, essentially. I take popular tunes and I make new songs. So I took Justin Timberlake's Can't Stop the Feeling. And so we sing a class song, our class song every single day. Um, that's another way just to get kids to feel that they're, they're loved and that they have a place, they have a sense of belonging. Um, another thing that I created a few years ago was something called the three minutes of fame. And basically what this is, is we have choose one kid per day. They get to come in front of the classroom and for three minutes, they get to choose students just to shower compliments, love, positive things about them intrinsically. Um, for three minutes up in front of the classroom. It's really a magical experience. And it's another way where kids can really feel that they're a part of something and that they're just loved. And finally, something we have is we have drums. And this idea comes from the Ron Clark Academy, but we have these huge drums. And sometimes I just get these trash cans from Ikea that are 99 cents and they yep. make a great sound. And um, it's another way, anytime a student shares, anytime a student gets up to say anything, we cheer them on. 
because they need to know that they can have the confidence to step outside of their comfort zone and just to feel on top of the world. Um, because one of the things I tell my kids in the first week of school every year is you're not going to be invisible in here this year. Every person is going to make some magic happen and I'm going to help you uh, get to that point. That's awesome, man. Like, I love it. I'm sitting there. I've got chills right now just listening to you <laughs> talk about all that stuff. And then tell me, too, one of the things, an activity that you just did here recently. You sure. like, totally turned your classroom upside down into this, yeah. like, Jurassic Park world type experience. Talk about sure. that for just a second. Yeah. So um, specifically with the Jurassic World Day, um, essentially, I turned the entire classroom, like you said, um, I made the desks into Jeeps. And all throughout the day, the kids were learning. We were learning about cells. So um, in science. And so I kind of incorporated all the learning that day into this huge event where we were trying to save the last remaining dinosaur species from Jurassic World. Um, and the kids were working all day long within their Jeep, within their team to make that happen. I have a bunch of transformation days like that throughout the year. You know, we have an emergency room day where, you know, the kids come in and they get to put on their doctor badges and the tables are turned upside down. Um, and we just have a bunch of cool days where the learning is just magical because I really want my kids to have a sense that I want them to jump out of bed every single morning just to come to school. And I want them to have that feeling. Sure. Providing an experience for them. Like that's what it's all about, man. That's, That's so cool. So cool, man. One of the things that when I'm working with young people, I talk to them about is we talk about success a lot and what does success look like and who gets to define success for them because so many of them, they're under so much pressure, right, with state testing and if they don't get a certain test score, then they're not going to get into this university and blah, 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 blah. And I always share with them, you're like, nobody gets to to define success except for them. Right. And so that being said, what does success look like for you with regard to your career as an educator? So essentially, I guess that is a tough question. And I've been thinking a lot about it. But I guess at the end of the day, the thing that I would say is, are my kids at the end of the year, are my kids more confident human beings who aren't afraid to speak up for others who might not have a voice, um, who aren't afraid to pursue their passions in life? Um, I, I guess that would be success for me at the end of the day. In the more short term, it would be simply, do my kids feel that our classroom is a family and that it's a home away from home and that they feel loved? Um, that would be success in the short term. Yep. And, you know, one of the things I haven't said much is, you know, would be the academic portion. But I truly believe in what I found over my first seven years of teaching is that, you know, if they have those relationships, if they have that trust the academics just, they happen. Um, the kids want to work hard for you because they love you and they, they, you know, they have bought into everything about the program. So yeah, success at the end of the day is all about, you know, having a class family and having the kids have that sense of belonging. For sure. You're the type of teacher that you influence other kids to want to be teachers one day. You're, you're the teacher sure. that you're going to make kids stand up on the chair and scream stop one day, right? <laughs> and so sure, sure. that being said, what advice do you or would you offer to a first-year teacher? I guess my first thing would be to establish your why. And essentially what I mean by that is, is to kind of think about, first of all, why did you get into this profession in the first place? Because as a first-year teacher and in every year after that first year, you are going to be tested in so many ways. 
You're going to be tested by, you know, silly bureaucratic things. But more importantly, you're going to be tested by the kids in positive ways and negative ways. And you always have to come back to that why. And because if you can, then you won't give up on that. And, and you'll be able to, you know, keep focus. The other thing I would say is to kind of create a brand in, in many regards. And what I mean by that is, you know, essentially, you know, seven years ago, I created the Room 21 Rockstars. And it may sound silly, but it's so crazy. Now I have kids in high school and they'll come back and they still associate with the Rockstar brand and everything that it means. And it's just something that they can attach on to because for many of our kids, they don't feel like they belong anywhere. And so whenever they have that brand, they have that place. I think that's really powerful. The other thing I would say is to listen to the kids. Um, in my first year of teaching, I remember, you know, looking online, at Pinterest and Instagram and all these great places. And I was almost trying to make myself into a teacher that all these other teachers that I saw on, online. But I, what I realized was I need to stop trying to be other people and I just need to be myself. Yep. Um, and when you listen to the kids and you let them guide you, it's incredibly powerful. That's awesome, man. I love what you said there about the brand, because um, we talk about that a lot from a school-wide level. What sure. does it mean to be a, you know, whatever your mascot is? But then yes. you're taking that even deeper into yes. your individual classroom, right? And of course, I like, I'm like i a little biased, but I love the whole rock star vibe that you're giving <laughs> off and everything. Sure, sure. But I, I love that because, again, it gives the kids something to belong to. It's that sense of exactly. belonging, that sense of family. Last question I want to ask you here, because I, and I get this a lot, especially from teachers okay. like yourself that are just the absolute rock stars um, in the world of education. How do you prevent yourself from becoming burned out? That's a great question because it's definitely a balance. Oh, you know, for instance, right now we're going on to spring break. So I have promised myself that for at least the next three or four days, I'm going to take all this time for me. Yep. Um, at the, the other thing I would say is, you know, Tim Austin, my principal, always reminds us of this. Teaching will take everything that we're willing to give it and then some. So we have to, we have to at some point each day say to ourselves, this is all going to be here tomorrow. Um, because teaching is all consuming and, you know, you're going to, you're going to have trouble sleeping at night. Some, sometimes because of a certain student, um, you're going to have moments of, you know, celebration. You're going to have all these thoughts running through your mind, but you always just have to remind yourself to take time for you. Like you said, it's not easy. Um, I'm kind of, uh, you know, calling uh, the pots, calling, calling the kettle black, so to speak in terms of that regard, because, um, I probably give way more than I should, but, um, it's just something that I love. Yep. Yeah, just the type of person that you are, man. Well, Dan, I appreciate you, buddy. I appreciate your time, especially as you're getting started here with spring break. And I think that probably the greatest compliment that I could give to you would be to say that if I could choose a fifth grade teacher for my son, it would be you. Like, it's not even like a, a question in my mind of whose <laughs> classroom I would put him in if I could, man. Like, I just love you. I, I love what you're all about. That. Yeah, man. And everything that you Thank do for you. kids, man. Like, you're making a difference every single day. You're raising the bar. And, and that's what it's Thank all about, you so brother. Much. You got it, man. Thank hey. you so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, And man. I appreciate you. Have a great spring break, buddy. Thanks again for your time, man. We appreciate you being on the show here today. Absolutely. Have a good one. Thanks, man. Guys, you've been listening to the Green Room Podcast Series. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, if you would do me a huge favor, if you would rate it, subscribe to it, and then share it with a fellow educator that you think might enjoy it as well. Chase your dreams, kids. Mm-hmm.